Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Binge all episodes of The Last City ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. But then, the next time I went shopping... I mean, I had this like whole moment in the chocolate aisle where I was like, do I get some milk chocolate for Jack in my freezer? Do I get a bar? Do I put it in there? And I was like, I know if I do every time I open the freezer, which is multiple times a day, because that's where my dark chocolate is, I'm going to see this thing and it's going to elicit a response. Well, we all know about the dark passenger, but today we're going to talk about dark chocolate with our special guest, Miss Julia Jones, Chief Bishop herself on Dexter New Blood. She is so wonderful. She's from Twilight, Longmire, Westworld, Goliath, Rutherford Falls, Mandalorian, and now, of course, this wonderful show. And we're going to talk all about that. But before we do, let's get into a recap of episode two, Dexter New Blood on Fanatics, the Dexter episodes. I am one of your hosts, David Magadoff, and with me is my most wonderful co host, Claire Kramer. So, episode two, here we go. <laughs> episode two, it was definitely a more, I would say, traditional Dexter episode. Hmm. What made you feel like it was? traditional from well, your eyes as a super fan. <laughs> thank you. I don't think I'm a super fan, but thank you. Um, I haven't started the Dexter blog yet. I'll leave that to, you know, <laughs> our friend over there. But I think that the fact that he had gone the decade without killing and then at the end, obviously, of episode one, he does kill again. And therefore, this episode is really the, you know, the push and pull between the two Jim Lindsay and Dexter Morgan, I guess you could say, you know, Dexter at the end of episode one, he says, you know, I'm Dexter Morgan affirming that he is back. He is no longer Jim Lindsay, except the entire episode two is spent trying to repress Dexter in a way, you know, and definitely having Deb trying to redirect him back to doing, you know, the Jim Lindsay lifestyle of like, go about your daily tasks and do your daily business and don't let Harrison into your world because you kill everyone you love. Exactly. Well, she in episode one is so sweet to him and so thankful, right? And you're doing the right thing. You're on the right path. So episode two is like, you fuck up. You <laughs> terrible person. And that's actually the Deb I think we we want to see. Jennifer Carpenter plays it so well. I love that moment where it's it's a little like 
it chills my spine a little bit, and I think that's why I liked it, where she takes the bullet and sort of like puts it in his uh, mouth, like swallow this thing, like this is what you're doing. What like, was you- she doing? What did that mean, David? <sighs> well, it's it's interesting because it's not a knife, and she's not using a screwdriver. She's not like choking him, but she's she's right in his face. You know, she's she's reminding him of his past. I think I think she is the constant reminder in visceral form of you can't do this. You can't do this well. You can't do this right. You've had a, a blood trail wherever you go and you're going to destroy your son, which is curious, right? Will he, I guess that's a great question, right? Will he destroy Harrison by the end of these 10 episodes or will it continue or what will it be? You know, I feel like that's sort of what they're building it up to be, right? Like what's their relationship going to look like at the end of these 10 episodes for sure? Right. Well, definitely. I mean, you brought up like so many points just in those sentences that you just in in that two seconds, two seconds, but one by one, this episode for me is definitely about the relationship between Dexter and Harrison, you know, and in a way, it's not about me flying that drone. It is that, and you did a great <laughs> job, even though you wrecked that drone. <laughs> That's it's a lot CGI, of money, David, everybody. for production. I did it hurt. No drones were hurt in the uh, making of episode two. It was okay, CGI. <laughs> but you know, it's like the whole first, you know, series of Dexter was about him pushing away relationships. You know pushing away, saying, I live truth adjacent. Even when we saw him with Rita, like there was always like a barrier up with him and the young Harrison. He was always just closed off. And when he became Jim Lindsay and when he stopped killing and moved on with his life, faked his death and sent Harrison and Hannah to Argentina and all that other extensive planning he went through, you know, to reinvent himself it's been about the truth and like been about him being like really earnest and really hopeful and really sort of truthful. And, you know, it's almost like that manifestation of purity that he's created for himself was destroyed when the white buck was shot, you know, when he was cupping its little muzzle nose thing and, and then it was killed out from under him. And that's like, I feel was the turning point. But anyway, the truth between father and son, son and father, I thought it was very interesting at the end when we when it was revealed that Harrison had read the letter that Dexter wrote to Hannah, basically yeah. saying, and you you said it really well. What did he say in there about Harrison? If he shows and he's like what is uh if he, Harrison shows any dark tendencies, you know, let me know. And it, He's like, dark tendencies. And that's a moment where you're looking at old Jim Lindsay going like, what's how is he going to respond with that? And it's it's a really nice response that he gives without completely telling him that he's a serial killer, which is like, yeah, I just went through some things and I didn't want you to have dark stuff. But it is interesting. And now it also brings up the idea, does Harrison have dark tendencies? Will well, he have dark tendencies? We I won't mean, see it really in episode two. And maybe we won't see it. But it's an interesting idea of... You know, does the apple fall far from the tree? Do we get to explore that in these 10 episodes or is that actually not the case? Right. I mean, and well, actually, Dexter says at one point, apple doesn't fall far from the tree (laughs) when he, you know, about Harrison. But the thing is, Harrison has projected and read this letter as though he's the reason Dexter left. He's the reason he was abandoned. He was unmanageable. He was uncontrollable. And in fact, it's obviously the opposite, you know, that Dexter was the one who had to, you know, figure out how to control his dark passenger. But 
the fact that Harrison throughout this episode is cognizant of that. It makes you have uh, see scenes like, for example, when Julia and the whole and you show up and you guys are like, hey, we need your we need your area because you're close to the reservation. You're close to the land. We need to search. And then Harrison comes out and he's like, what's going on? In his mind, it could be anything, you know, because he doesn't know wh- where the injustice lies with, you know, and why his father truly left yet. Yeah. I don't know. Will he ever know, David? I don't know. You probably can't tell me, but will will Harrison ever know? I could certainly tell you, but I, I don't think I should. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't want you to, but... I kind of do. <laughs> it's true. By the way, everyone listening, I'm not telling Claire these things. I'm not saying stuff to her off to the side and she's putting on a good face for the podcast. I, I'm no. really holding it all in and she's she's watching like a good fan does. Uh, he's kind of rusty, though, uh, Mr. Michael C. Hall in this, right? He's got blood on the snow oh. everywhere. He's, <laughs> does it bother you that he's sort of out of shape on this or do you wish that he's a little no. bit more on top of it? I don't wish he is perfect in every way as he always has been as a serial killer. And it doesn't bother me at all that he, but he is rusty. I mean, geez, he comes out and there's blood everywhere. That never would have happened back in Miami, you know, and he's shoveling the snow up and all of a sudden the people drive up and he definitely is out of practice, but you're going to be inevitably, whether it's, you know, committing a murder or like, you know, doing a yoga practice after 10 years, you can't, hop back in the saddle and have everything go flawlessly. So there there are going to be some moments like leaving a blood trail everywhere. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice to see some cracks in the in the surface because it shows he's he's a person, you know? He's he's feels like a superhero of sorts, but he is uh he's but a man and 10 years does 10 years ice fishing in the middle of nowhere. By the way, snow, real snow everywhere, guys. It was freezing. Like we would Ugh. be we would be, it's, and it's not just snow, okay? There is a lake that is a giant frozen over lake right next to his cabin. It's a place called Camp Collier, Massachusetts. Feel free to Google it. We all sort of would joke with each other, Camp Collier. Like, that's where we all died a little bit at a place called Camp Collier. <laughs> and uh, there's a huge lake that has frozen over and wind would come on the frozen lake and blow towards us. So not only is it already 20, 30 degrees, sometimes it hit even nine degrees, no joke. But we would just get slammed in our faces. I have heat warmers in my shoes. It is really, it's watching it again. I have a little bit of a PTSD, but it's both like the greatest of times and the scariest. But those are bonding experiences. They are. You know, I mean, you guys will always have, you'll always have Iron Lake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why is the town called Iron Lake? This is something else I was thinking about. There has to be, I know there's going to be something, a reward for me somewhere along the way with that title. Well, I I will tell you this though, Claire, there really is a place called Iron Lake in New York. There's no town of Iron Lake, but you can go in Google, upstate New York, there is Iron Lake. But you think, you're saying, you have a theory that there actually, there was a, a reason to call it Iron Lake. You don't think it's just yes. geographical. I, I have a lot of theories. There's mm. two more important things to talk about before we move on to the meat of our episode, if you will, of this Fanatics episode. One is we finally know what happened to Hannah because that yes. was a sort of kind of like, is Hannah going to be back? What, it, you know, we didn't, 
really see her in episode one. Now it's revealed she's dead. She died of cancer. I think, you know, the lovely actress who played her actually came out and said, yes, I am dead. You know, so (laughs) (laughs) that's been affirmed. And unless she debs on us, you know, comes, appears. It's true. um, You never know. You you never know. Uh, so that was a good, like, check that off the list. We can move on from Hannah. And the other thing that's so important to talk about in this episode is what's going on with the girl who was hitchhiking, who is now, like, captive, you know, been been inebriated, self-inflicted inebriation, but given the champagne and hopes she would do that. And now at the end of the episode, it's revealed she's, like, locked in this room. This yeah. hotel room type place. So what's what's happening there? Well, we see, Claire, and I'm curious your thoughts because I know all. But uh, <laughs> but spe- the the eye that we see, mm-hmm. we see an eye just a little bit, a little half inch above, a little half inch below. We, don't, we see just enough to know there's an eye. Um, and so the question is, who is the captor? You know, who is the person mm-hmm. who is keeping her there? And do you have any theories, Claire? funny you asked David I do (laughs) (laughs) and again we have not talked about this before but I have a couple theories first of all laid on me I could not help but notice the in the end when you see Dexter and Harrison like having their conversation and it's revealed that Harrison read the letter and they're talking and and it pans over and you see that you see the interior of Dexter's cabin Oh my gosh, I hope someone else also realized the paneling there is the exact same paneling that is inside the hitchhiker's room that she's now kidnapped in. So do I think Dexter Morgan is capturing women for observation? No, I don't. But there is something that it would be totally anti-Dexter to do that. She's innocent. Has he become the anti-anti-hero all of a sudden? No, I don't (laughs) think he is. But there was something familiar about that paneling, which leads me to believe that Mm. even though we only saw like an inch of the the perpetrator's eyes and like the eyelashes and eyebrow, I do believe the audience has met whomever is capturing this girl and holding her captive. I think we've met that person on screen Already, so it's somebody that we have met. It's someone. Do you? Have, is there anyone else that comes to mind for you? Is it? Uh, could the, it be me? It could. I. It could be you. I actually did think it could be the Teddy character. <laughs> it, could, it would be an interesting maybe. twist of you know you've only been on the force two weeks and a half, but I've been killing forever. <laughs> but maybe you're following. You know, it's funny. Maybe. Harrison. Harrison maybe. asked Dexter, "Why aren't you a cop anymore?" You know, he flat out asks him. He's like, "Surely yeah. you could do a better job than." these guys and he was talking about you david i'm sorry but it was (laughs) it was true um so i it could be that reverse sort of like situation this new dexter season i don't think it's you but i I do think we have met the person the only other person came to mind was the oil billionaire guy where the deputy has to go borrow the helicopter from yes yes he he has money He he has property and he has property. He uh, doesn't seem like the greatest guy in the world. Seems very selfish. He uh, also knows everyone. Does that make him an evil killer who traps young women, or does that just make him an eccentric billionaire? These I are don't know if it we'll makes him. Out. I don't know if he comes across so much as selfish as smug. 
because all knowing and smart, you know, he brought the hot chocolate out to the protesters. He did. He, I he, love he hot tried chocolate. to say, like, hey, listen, not everything is, you know, binary. You know, it's not all black and white. However, he is smug. He is. And you know what? A little bit of smug can go a long way. Um, I moved long <laughs> enough away to capture uh, women in a room and trap them forever. Uh, yes. This, we'll find out. We will uh, find out. I got to give a shout out to, though, to the teens on the show who are a little older than teens in real life. Although Johnny Sequoia, who plays Audrey, we get to kind of know her a little more you know, with Harrison. Uh, she's She just turned 19 the other day, so she really is a teenager. Um, and she's awesome and Zach is played by Oscar Wahlberg of the Wahlberg family clan. Love and that. he is such a sweet dude. I loved meeting him. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just fun to see Harrison with people of his own age, too. I just thought it was such authentic. We just kind of hung out with these kids. I thought they did such a great job. And Marcos Siega, the director, did such a great job directing them. It just felt very real and very natural and very. 2021. Yes, very, I thought so too. Yeah. One more moment you just made me think of. Yes, is when the, when Harrison is first like introduced to the deputy and they're talking and you know then Dexter comes in and it's like oh when did Rita die oh just recently uh, you know and Her and then she leaves and Dexter says you know to Harrison thank you for covering for me and he says I wasn't covering for you I don't want cops up my ass you yeah. Know? And that also was like, okay, Harrison, that knowing that he's been through rehab, he's not, you know, he is definitely like on the path of like past ominous behavior as well. Mm -hmm. So the apple, the tree, we're going to figure out more in the next eight episodes. He's got street smarts. Yes. Harrison's got some, got some skills and it's fun. It's fun to see Jack plays him. I think he's great. Right. He's great. He's grounded. You guys are honest. all great. It's a great cast. Great. I, I'm just so happy for you. What a great show to be a part of. It's a it's a dream. It's a dream come true. Uh, and speaking of dream come trues, we have on today Miss Julia Jones, Chief Bishop, my boss. She is here. Uh, and so excited are we to have had her. We get to talk about her love of dark chocolate. Uh, which, of course, is a natural continuation of the hot chocolate from episode one. It all comes together. Very meta is our podcast. So please uh, unwrap your chocolate bars wherever you are. Uh, sink your teeth in to this next episode and enjoy. Is there ever a bad time to eat dark chocolate? Mm. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> Like even before bed? I thought of that before I said no. And I, I just felt like it didn't qualify. That's like the best time to eat it, I think. Because it's not sweet. I mean, no, the issue is, is the caffeine, I guess, right? Is that where you're going, David? Yeah. 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 I just don't. I think that the chocolate, but my personally love for chocolate, dark chocolate overrides the potential for a light sleep. That said, I do not tend to eat copious amounts of dark chocolate right before bed. But a little nibble. Probably, yep. A little square. It's, it's likely. So, okay, Julia, for those who don't know or maybe uh, don't understand, how, how do you define dark chocolate? I think for me it's 60% cacao or cocoa or whatever uh, or higher is dark to me. Maybe, maybe 55 on a desperate day. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's the percentage of, what is it, 
cacao. I don't I should know that. This is my but I think that's what it's called. The percentage of chocolate in your chocolate. It took a while for me to understand it. Can you can you help people just understand the basic idea of what the whole percentage of cacao means? Because I think a lot of people still stare at it in the store and they say 55%, 75%, 95%. What does that mean? Okay, you said that I don't have to be an expert. I don't know. <laughs> I I just know that it correlates with a flavor of chocolate as opposed to milk or something else. And it's and it tends to also be darker like in color. And the higher the higher the percentage, I don't know if you want to ever use the word bitter but sometimes like if if it gets into like the 90 yeah i yeah i don't even know how bitter how bittersweet chocolate fits into it yeah 90 stops being you know in my my sweet spot zone i think it's just sugar i think like if it's 100 percent cacao this literally means no, no sugar no and sugar. if it's 55 percent but what cacao, about the other stuff they put in there like the milk well in my research for today, and I'm not talking about my research of eating dark chocolate, which I have <laughs> been doing for many years, but my actual Googling okay. of it, you know, there are no FDA standards for dark chocolate. There isn't like a reg, it's not regulated, unlike milk chocolate, which is. So there's actually even a petition on change.org, which I love that site because you can pretty much find a petition for anything, petitioning the FDA to regulate what actually constitutes dark chocolate because people there the petition is at least saying consumers are being misled by labeling basically a, a manufacturer can say hey this is dark chocolate and there it doesn't have to meet any set of standards they can just call it that you know arbitrarily so you're saying it could be like 14% cacao or whatever or and and they'd call it dark chocolate and that would fly it would fly some poor person i mean i would have a problem with <laughs> a that. lot some of sugar would eat. so this leads me to my <laughs> <Yeah>. next question <laughs> julia a when was the first time you experienced true delicious dark chocolate and b where do you tend to purchase your dark chocolate so that you don't get you don't fall into this uh trap of buying unreal yeah, right i have trusted yeah i have <laughs> trusted <laughs> vendors <laughs> 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 I imagine so. <laughs> um, I mean, they're not, especially, like, you know, everybody, they're the same vendors. But I think that I thought about this a little bit before I came on this podcast. I think that everything changed for me in college. I went to Moscow and I found this like Russian chocolate that had air bubbles in it. And when you chewed it, it was like the consistency was just like something completely, you know, other otherworldly. It was dark chocolate. And I came back with about 20 bars. It was like spring break of my junior, sophomore, junior year of college. And then when I went through all of those, I went on this like obsessive kind of hunt in the uh, like Russian stores in the parts of New York to find the same chocolate. And I, I was able to do that. I think, honestly, I wound up in Coney Island. And then I did the same thing when I got to L.A. So that kind of got me into I, I can be a little focused, which is a nice way of putting obsessive, saying obsessive, <laughs> but it became a little like that, a thing, a thing of mine that I like really kind of loved. What's the, what's the brand? The 20 bars. That's a lot. I don't know. I don't, I, I it was a lot. It was a good percentage of my suitcase. I mean, I understood. I, that I know what that's like. I've, <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> it was blue. It was like royal blue. And I think the first letter was like, like, I can see it in my head. Like, <laughs> David. I love it. That's the that's why deal. we I had you ask on. My college roommate, she might know. She was she was very she kept track of things that I didn't. 
how often are you eating it today? Like, is it a daily <laughs> thing? Is it a weekly thing? Has there been a week that's never gone by in your last 10 years that you haven't had a, a little nibble? Oh, wow. That's a good question. 10 years is a long time. I mean, I'm going to say there has not been a week that's gone by in the last 10 years. Wow. So if I was traveling, like if I was in Africa, probably not going to find it there. Maybe, maybe. Uh, insert like the bush or I don't know. I mean, yeah. So there have probably been, there have probably been some times it has not been accessible to me for sure. But if it is accessible to me, it is a daily situation. Would you bring it with you to Africa? Don't think so. No. Okay. No. So it's not, not, it's not that, not that far gone. (laughs) I'm all about like being present and enjoy, you know, like I want to, I need to try new things. But it is funny when you, when you have like your little hoarding of your chocolate bars. <laughs> I don't know if you freeze yours. I tend to freeze when I bring stuff. Yeah, it's in the freezer. Oh yeah. yeah. Then I then I take one out and it's like almost that episode of Seinfeld where she has the today sponges and she's like um are you interviewing the guys because you know she only has like 5. Right. <laughs> are you sponge worthy? That's how I feel about my like stash of goodies from out of the country. That, so yeah. is it the same how do you determine like if you're going to share with someone if this is the right person to well, it's a whole introduce thing. It's a whole thing. I mean, so so if I do not have dark chocolate in my freezer, I'm 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 not super comfortable. Like I feel better, you know. In general, I, it kind of needs to be there. It's there's a few items, you know, that are like that for me, and dark chocolate's one of them. If I'm gonna have, I typically have enough stored in in my freezer to share with whomever may may appear if I know I'm gonna have people then I'll like make sure that I have extra because I don't like to be left without it you know the next day yeah I mean I'm, I'm I'm generous with it I'm not like a scrooge about it I want to share it it makes me happy to share it I do sometimes I will bring it places and I'll try you know different kind of nice things nice ones that I haven't tried and I'll take a whole bunch of those if I'm going to dinner or something how much is in that freezer right now so i think there's probably four like big bars and then also there happens to be um the like little bittersweet things that you make cookies like you know chocolate chips Mm -hmm. because i did that recently what's your philosophy on putting salt on dark chocolate i'm all about it Mm, in fact the one i'm (laughs) the one that's at the top is is dark chocolate with salt Mm. And have you ever made your own dark chocolate? No, no, no. That probably wouldn't. No interest. Wouldn't be great. Oh, have you ever been to like a dark chocolate fact, like a chocolate factory? No. Like- so the other thing, and we talked about this, David, is like I, I, I'm kind of into like you know the not super like ones that are not super sweet or like somehow kind of a little healthy-ish. There's this brand that's like Hue that is everywhere. Uh, what is it called? Um, Honey Mamas, I'm a big fan of. And then like the one I eat the most is probably Lily's, which is like sweetened with stevia. So mm. I feel a little less bad. That's in Trader Joe's. I've always yeah. wanted to try oh, yeah. it. Yeah, it's in Whole Foods. It's, uh, it's it, I don't know, at stores in LA. But yeah, it's, they're, not, they're not hard to come by. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. 
Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Is, is there a ritual when you take a chocolate bar out of the freezer and you have decided that this is its moment in time? No, no, it's, it's, like it's is, very... Like, is there a glass of wine? Do you have to sit on the couch? No, no, it's very casual. It's a very... pajamas no pajamas whatever 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 Mm -hmm. is there a mood that is there a moment where you're like you're feeling stressed so you need dark chocolate or is it just like i don't know i just finished my lunch i okay i did have a boyfriend once who was convinced that i was self-medicating and i don't you know i'm not gonna i didn't argue with that but he felt like it was very important that i had access to it (laughs) on a regular basis So I feel like if anything, it might just be more of like a steady feed, you know, just a drip. I mean, isn't life a little bit about self-medicating? Let's be honest. Like if we all dealt with all our problems head on all the time, like we'd be constantly, you know, analyzing and. I mean, it beats a lot of other self-medication things. (laughs) Right. That's for sure. I mean, is that a wrong thing? I don't think it's a wrong thing. Oh, no, I, I don't mean to suggest that at all. I'm. I have no shame. Look, I'm doing a, talking about it for 40 minutes. <laughs> I probably eat chocolate every day. Oh, what kind do you like? Be careful. I probably have some version of chocolate. So I have like this, I, I've gotten into this protein bar that I eat in the morning, but so, but there's still chocolate oh, yeah. in it. And I You're, probably- you, are, you have like a sweet tooth. Like you like ice cream and you like, you know, protein, but whatever. You're less discriminating than I am when it comes to sweets, I feel. Yes, and you've been very sure, in our time together that I've very known pointed. you. I've, you've been very thoughtful about what <laughs> the sweet thing is yeah, that I you'll am particular eat. about that. Yeah. Yes, but <laughs> I have I I've been to the Theo. I think it's Theo, oh yeah, it might be pronounced yeah, yeah. Theo Chocolate Factory know, in Fremont outside uh-huh. of Seattle. And is it exciting for you? It was really exciting. Have you ever been inside just even like a place where you can try lots of chocolates because they had them all samples everywhere? Well, and I got to try with raspberries and almonds and yeah, and but darker. so that's the thing. It's like okay, so I, I you were a part of Alano's wrap gift for me, right? I feel that you were right, and that was such an interesting. That was like a very different chocolate experience for me. So uh, one of our castmates who's also done this podcast, I've been told, um, <laughs> he when like he curated this like box of extremely artisanal is that a word that i would say to describe what that artisanal. was artisanal artisanal thank you chocolates because he knew about my thing my issue and that's like what you're talking about david like that was i mean you just appreciate each one in this completely different way i'm really pretty transactional about my chocolate 
it's not like an art form situation. I think it's more of a self-medication. Julia, would you believe, would you believe though, Alano and I were chatting and he in a dressing room and he was like, what do I, what should I get for Julia for a wrap gift? And I was like, you know, she really loves dark chocolate. And he was like, yes, that's great. So I'm so glad. Wait, so you're saying, you're asking me if I would believe that it was your idea? I'm not asking if you would believe it. I'm telling you this is what happened. <laughs> it was it was a mutually conceived idea. Maybe I'm the one no, who said dark chocolate. No, he fully gave you agreed. credit. He fully gave you credit. I feel that's how I kind of knew that you were part of you know a part of it. Um, but he was also really excited. It was very very sweet. It was so touching because he described what you were just sort of describing a version of this experience of like going to the chocolate place. And he was like, it's the best chocolate in all of the land or whatever. And picking out, you know, he like went through his thought process when he was deciding which little, like, I mean, they were really intricate. And I had a very different relationship with that box of chocolate. And it was, he did, he was, it was only dark, different versions of dark. So he adhered to that. Um, But outside of that, there were all of these variations and, and things. And they were in like animal shapes and they had, you know, some things inside of them. And, but it was all super, super thoughtful. And that was like, that was a very different situation than the situation in my freezer. That was like, right. That was like yeah. a gourmet. Yeah. 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 I'm not like sat on collection. the counter and it right. was, I, I appreciated like that was more ritualistic. Mm-hmm. And maybe I, I feel like I would be more inclined to be like, you know, Oh, I feel sad. Let's see what gorgeous little chocolate thing. Alano bought with love for me to eat and make me feel better. <laughs> yeah, th- let's go let's go to that a minute. So you just said, you know, feeling sad or self-medicating. What is the feeling when you put That's what I'm saying. I don't have I don't pieces. have a really Oh, the good ones you mean? The Alano ones? Yes. Oh, any um, any, any dark but, chocolate. No, but that's what I'm saying is a very different relationship. So like I'm not conscious of there being a like a pattern to my I mean, it's sort of my daily it's like Oh, that sounds like a good idea. It'll occur to me and I'll be like, oh, great idea. I'll go have some chocolate. And that's really it. That's like the Good idea, Julia. Yeah. That's, that's what I want right now. That's it. Uh-huh. Great. And then I move on. The, our, I love the, it. The Alano's chocolates were like a special occasion. That's kind of what it was. Right. Or the, Were there any ingredients in those chocolates or any other, you know, in your experience as a chocolate connoisseur that should not be in dark chocolate? Something, okay, well, sea salt is a yes. What is a no? I am in general not a fan. I don't, this is, I'm not really a fan of like fruit stuff in my salads. And that also applies to my chocolate. I just don't really love that. Because mm-hmm. actually, I don't, I think I don't really like the sugar of it. That's why part of why I like the dark chocolate because it's, it's like more bitter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the fruit makes it a little too sweet. Yeah. How about nuts, almonds, I'm good with walnuts? Nuts. All good. They're good with all the nuts. Yep. <laughs> Throw the nuts in. <laughs> good okay. Nuts. Good with great coconut. That's a part of it. Let's just have a hypothetical situation here. You have no dark chocolate in your freezer, but there is some mm-hmm. milk chocolate. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> she just made the str- the straightest face and a shake of her head. Not even not even an option. <laughs> you knew that that was coming. No. I actually, uh, I feel very, I have opposite feelings towards milk chocolate than I do to dark chocolate. I feel strongly against milk chocolate and I have to catch myself from judging people who Mm. are milk chocolate fans. Mm -hmm. So like this happened. So uh, 
I keep bringing, thinking of people that we were working with, but I had some people over for dinner early on when we were filming and one, and, and at the end, you know, I bring out all of my, my chocolate spoils and, and one Jack was just like, I don't, I just like, do you have any milk chocolate? And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is a defining moment. It was very, it was like the beginning of the six months. And I happened to, because, you know, like somebody, you know, you get these like gift bags or I had some lying around. So I was happy to give it to him. But then the next time I went shopping, I mean, I had this like whole moment in the chocolate aisle where I was like, do I get some milk chocolate for Jack in my freezer? Do I get a bar? Do I put it in there? And I was like, I know if I do every time I open the freezer, which is multiple times a day, because that's where my dark chocolate is, I'm going to see this thing and it's going to elicit a response. And I did. I got it for Jack and it was a really big deal for me. And then he never came and never ate it again. But when he wrapped... I did bring it in. I gave it back to him. And I actually have a picture of him. I think that was very big of you, Julia. Thank you. Appreciate that. I hope you appreciate it. It actually, it was a big deal. It was, I mean, I just had met Jack like twice and I I decided I had more love for him than. Well, can you, it's, yeah, it's very good that you were able to supersede (laughs) your own feelings for someone else. It's not easy. It's well, cause I get it. I hate, I hate milk chocolate too, but we are, we're saying, we're not saying why. Can you in a very safe space, Julia, explain (laughs) what it is when you put milk chocolate in your mouth of why this thing should not exist? Safe space. It's yucky. It's just yucky. I mean, it doesn't taste like chocolate to me. Oh, and also, I don't eat dairy, so maybe that's part of it. Maybe if there was, like, coconut milk chocolate, I'd feel differently, but I don't. Nothing, it's not dark chocolate. Like, I, it's not the same. It's not, thing. yeah, I, I hear you. So then let me ask you this. Do you make your s'mores if you eat s'mores with dark chocolate? Yes, then, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But actually, I mean, maybe this is an exception because you know, I don't, you know, I don't like make s'mores on my own. And typically <laughs> you're not sitting around the house making s'mores. <laughs> not, no, not normally. Um, but, but most people, when they make, s'mores, it's like a group situation and somebody has gotten this stuff. It's usually not me because that's my favorite thing, but I do like them. And so people tend to get like, I feel like it's always like Hershey's 66%, whatever that chocolate or whatever that chocolate is. And I, I will eat the special dark. That would be great, but it's actually often not. I think what it's happens like the with traditional the s'mores, Hershey bar. Yeah, yeah, it's the Hershey bar. Sorry, it's not even sixty six. You're right. It's it's much lower than that. It's probably. Oh, I don't want to think about it. Yeah, but I think out. there's something. Yeah, I think there's something about the like juxtaposition of that chocolate with the sweetness of the graham cracker and the, of the marshmallow that makes that chocolate. It's good for that. It makes that chocolate seem darker mm-hmm. well because so, you're already okay i'm going to use this word you're already bastardizing the chocolate with all the s'mores items so to yeah. me i'm with you the milk chocolate feels like wait you're ha- you have this wonderful thing called pure cacao and sugar is a great compliment but milk just feels like you're drowning this really wonderful piece of gold and making it into exactly that yucky just creamy in the worst possible way. It's really, it is wrong. And these people are wrong. And it was very nice and really nice to Jack. (laughs) But I don't know if I would have done the same. (laughs) Thank you, David. 
how about dark chocolate cake or dark chocolate ice cream or a dark yeah. chocolate hot cocoa? Are we okay with right. that? Right. So I don't eat dairy, so I don't really I won't do don't do ice cream, but I'm I'm all about like uh dark chocolate cake chocolate. Like if I'm gonna if I'm at a restaurant and someone's like, what do you want for dessert? I'm always, you know, like whatever chocolate you have. It tends to be kind of dark, like the chocolate cake, I feel it's not like that really light stuff. What is the chocolate that everybody always has? Like uh, when you go to a restaurant and they there's like a chocolate cake, what's that? It's like it's like I don't know. It it's like the chocolate lava cake or something like that. But all the cake, all the like chocolate cake is darker. I I think at the mm-hmm. restaurants. No, I, I don't know. Semi sweet. Yes. Semi Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Probably semi I like yeah. chocolate frosting that is not dark. That is not like yeah. That's that's a bit of a conflict of. Oh, yeah. you like like a milk chocolate frosting thing. I like chocolate frosting. I just like frosting. <laughs> like a buttercream. Yeah, I like frosting. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Have you, have you, ever, <laughs> have you ever made yourself sick from eating too much chocolate, <laughs> too much dark chocolate, too much frosting, <sighs> chocolate? I mean... I, I probably have, I'm sure, but not in the last like 20 years. Mm-hmm. You've learned. I mean, I'm pretty like I'm conscious of it. Like I'm pretty deliberate about it. I'm pretty have a health. I feel comfortable with my relationship with it. Actually, I feel really good about it too. <laughs> okay, yeah. thanks. <laughs> Has there ever been a, a a conflict with either a, a boyfriend or a family member or someone <laughs> in your life that like maybe? Yes. Yeah. Well, the, so the same boyfriend who was adamant about me having it accessible because he was convinced I was self-medicating with it. So he had a, his trainer was not really happy about that. So there was like this period of time where I had to like hide my chocolate from in the house from him. Like I couldn't tell him where it was and it was I'd have to move it around in intervals so that he wouldn't find it and eat it also per his trainer. Where, where did you hide it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he, I, for some reason, we had, oh, like I had done some like appearance in Las Vegas and I had a gumball machine. I, like a, I had a random gumball machine and I, it was just there. And so that was where it went. So if you imagine, it's like a, you know, like a, like a foot and a half long proper gumball machine and it, you could take the gumball part. And anyway, so that's where I would put the dark chocolate in the gumball machine and the gumball machine would move around. Uh, so it would be like behind the couch, like it could go anywhere because that was a, you know, it was a sanitary inside sort of thing. I love the irony of it being 
<laughs> in a place with other sweets and candy, and yet no, no, no. completely hidden. All, no other candy. No, oh, just okay. just just the machine. To be clear, no other candy. It wasn't being yeah polluted by a no, gumball. No, <laughs> no, that was just the vehicle. I feel like we're talking about like a drug mules. <laughs> What's the quantity you currently eat? Like two squares and you're done? Like, At, like in tomorrow? one serving, you mean? Yeah, like when you go to the freezer and you do your norm. Well, so you know what? The other thing is, to be honest, I think this became like a, a kind of a habitual thing for me at some point, probably in my early 20s, shortly after the Russia trip, because I found that chocolate's really filling. Mm. So it's really efficient. And I, I, if you know, I, I don't now with the stuff that doesn't have a ton of chalk with a ton of sugar, like the stevia stuff, I don't even feel like I'm, I'm not on like a sugar because that was a problem. Oh yeah. It, there's been an evolution because I, for a while I wasn't discriminating with the sugar stuff. So then I had to cor- self-correct because I was going on these crazy sugar highs. So, so less the caffeine was more the sugar. And now, now the stevia the, has the equaled it out. Yeah. So now I, I feel comfortable with that, but I I think I'll probably would do like two bars and then like do some move on and mm-hmm. then if it occurs to me again I'd go back and have another one or two and then I'm usually good for several hours. <laughs> Are you still getting your your dark chocolate from the Russian groceries? No, I haven't. I mean, I should, now I should go back. I forgot about it. You know, this reminded me, so I should go back. I know where I, I used to have a place. I don't know if it's We have there. to find it. We really oh, yeah. do. Okay. If anything, oh, like I want this. Uh, yeah, I want there I want there to be a great follow-up or something on social media with this podcast. You want that royal blue bar yeah. with the little That'd be so great. air pocket. Because I'm sure it also, doesn't it probably also connect, as we wrap up, like connect with a time? Like was that Moscow trip actually like a really beautiful trip? So it's maybe connected emotionally i know that sometimes some food is connected emotionally for me so it brings me back to a, a happier place well the moscow wasn't like super happy um <laughs> moscow <laughs> or was maybe you moscow. needed the chocolate to make it a I better think, experience i mean you know I, like if i'm thinking about it you know the food in in russia is it's very heavy you know i don't really remember many meals there i was you know like in college so it wasn't like but uh i actually had a wonderful time in russia and this is a side note but it's the best part about going there was I went and visited a friend of mine who was studying at the ART. They, the Mm. ART had, um, their graduate program had a, like a a relationship with the Moscow art theater. And so they went and spent like a whole semester over there. So I, on my spring break, just went over and stayed with, with her. But she was constantly in rehearsals. This is a total side thing, but it's so cool in, in, in Russia, at least at the time, you know, art and culture is something that's like, it's supposed to be accessible for everybody. So it's so cheap and everybody goes. It's not a classist thing at all. It's like part of being, you know, part of the, the, the if you are, this is everybody goes. And so um, I just remember the best part about that trip was every night for probably 10 American dollars, I saw like the most extraordinary theater, the most extraordinary ballet, the most extraordinary opera. And it was packed with people who appreciated it so much these people that like would walk down the street and you would like completely emotionless. And then you go to the theater and like at the end, they're all sobbing and hysterically clapping. And I mean, it, that was wonderful. And yeah, so that plus my dark chocolate discovery kind of made it like 
Yeah. An amazing trip. An amazing experience. Yeah. Well, you know, from everyone that I've spoken to who has actually come from Russia or lived in Russia, like life is hard there. So they they do appreciate when there is a joyous moment or thing, you know, Mm. like the theater and like good chocolate. And we all know about their vodka. So, you know. Yeah. It's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I remember eating there other than chocolate was like these like baked potato things with stuff full of all sorts of stuff. I don't remember what was in there, but it was not my normal diet. Cabbage. 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 Oh yeah, there was that too. <laughs> but it was like heavy. It was like potatoes and meat and like gravy. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't want to get it wrong. But yeah. Yeah, I, I probably was You needed the dark chocolate. Kind of gravitated towards the Yeah. All right. We end every episode with a love letter and David's going to get to that in one second, but I just have one quick question. It occurred to me, Halloween trick-or-treating, do you give out candy? Do you give out dark chocolate? <laughs> I don't think I would. I don't think I would start children on dark chocolate. Let them, <laughs> let them learn on their own. <laughs> yeah. Too much too soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let them enjoy. You have to All right, Julia, if you could speak a love letter to dark chocolate, this has been a lovely conversation. And as a dark chocolate lover myself, this makes me very happy. So if you could say, dear dark chocolate, and end, of course, please, with love, Julia. Dear dark chocolate, thank you for everything. Love, Julia. Boom. Short, sweet, delicious. (laughs) Bite size. I'm actually also a fan of dark chocolate. Uh, I do. I don't. It, you know, I really found myself during this episode wanting to just voice my opinion about everything, which <laughs> which isn't, I guess, that abnormal for me. But I do love dark chocolate, and I don't like white chocolate. I don't like it. We didn't even get into white chocolate, which really is a weird. Is thing it even chocolate? Yeah, isn't the know, definition I, of chocolate like it's also a color, right? Yeah, cocoa butter, I believe, is in white chocolate, which maybe gives it the feeling it could be allowed inside the chocolate echelon. But I don't know. I think it's you know, just because you can melt it. That's why. That's it. Somehow got in on like a melting more, you know, like grandfather clause into the chocolate family or something. You know what I mean? Well, if you and I ever get to be the gatekeepers of all things chocolate, it sounds like you and I will not allow white chocolate to be a part of it. And I think you and I are okay with that. And I'm sorry for those people out there who like white chocolate, but you know, let's just call it white candy. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just call it, you know, creamy candy. Uh, What a great conversation though. Isn't it just fun to speak to someone who just completely agrees with you? We had our own little dark chocolate bubble and it was so great to just hear Julia just enjoy dark chocolate in the way that I do and you do, and hopefully a lot of the rest of you do. And I do love that it began with a foreign trip with 20 bars. That is a lot of chocolate. Because I have my... Did you ever get into the chocolate in the UK, Claire? I love... Yes, but it's a little sweet for me. But I don't feel like we really addressed my point, David, of like chocolate is actually a color. As well, it's used as as a it's it's a color. Yeah. So white chocolate is an oxymoron. Mm. Okay, now I'm done with I, that. I can move on. But I felt there was one more thing to say. 
along those lines. British girl, you British what, candy. Well, I, what other opinions did you have on um in the episode? You said you had a bevy of opinions. This is the time. Leave us with Claire's take on it. Well, I am a collector of like green tea Kit Kats. You know, when you oh. go over to Asia or some parts of Europe, you can find the Japanese Kit Kat flavors. And that's what I like to collect. And it's not so much for me about the chocolate then. It's about the the curating of the taste buds for the different flavors that the Kit Kats are offered in. You know? And you'll never get that. It's this fun feeling of that is so, so far away. I know we're in a much more homogenized world where everything is more available to us on a given moment. But there really is something special about traveling somewhere. Yes. And I do love that that was a part of her origin story, her chocolate origin story. I know. I love that, too. I mean, when I used to go to the UK, I used to bring back the the celebration boxes of, you know, celebration mini candy bars and stuff like that. And yes, now I'm a little bit older. I don't do that as much. <laughs> but I, I think that overall, I agree with Julia in her assessment of what makes dark chocolate delicious and good. And I agree with the salt factor. And I actually also agree that fruit is not my favorite thing in chocolate. I don't like those cherry bomb things that you bite into. It's like, why? Why? you? I like the shell, but not the inside. That's always a disappointment in the box of like different, you know, samples of chocolate like the wit the, the Whittier yeah. sampler whatever that's the one that's always left that like someone bites into it they're like uh and put it back keep it clean folks keep it clean and guys thanks so much for enjoying this wonderful delicious dark chocolate podcast with us today we'll see you next time with a little bit of more dexter going on and a lot more of fanatics <laughs> All right, before we let you guys go, let's talk about next week on Fanatics, the Dexter episodes. We have on Miss Jamie Chung. Oh, such an amazing human being. I'm so glad I met her and she's in my life now in some regard. Believe, Once Upon a Time, Gotham, Lovecraft Country, so much more. And she plays Molly Park, the podcaster on Dexter New Blood. Am I spoiling anything? No, this is stuff you can read. But it's very exciting that we have her on our podcast for... Her love of fast food. So let's take it nice and easy and slow as we see you for Jamie Chung Fast Food next week. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Get out of the light and into the dark. Specifically, we're talking about dark chocolate. It's a metaphor. This conversation was all kinds of wow as we talked about the great cow-cow. Milk chocolate is terrible. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this because it's so odd. 
these women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.